1: Welcome back, we're live at Supex the Startup Expo with Sean Shepard, co-founder of GrowthX and GrowthX Academy, a five-time founder with three successful exits and today's keynote speaker. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. I'm excited good to have you on the here. show. Thanks. Um, maybe before we get into all the stuff you guys are doing at GrowthX, let's get to know you a little bit better and maybe start off with kind of where you grew up, where you went to school and maybe some career highlights along the way. Sure. Um,
0: uh, well, uh, I was a Navy brat, so okay. uh, born overseas in Italy, and cool. actually uh, when we came back stateside, I came through Florida into Jacksonville and then okay. back to California where my mother's family's from, and I was, mostly grew up in Northern California. We moved a lot. My father was, a, was a, ran manufacturing for Intel Corporation oh, later cool. in life and became a turnaround CEO in the semiconductor space, and so we traveled a lot. I had a wonderful role model sure. uh, for what it was like to, to be in the tech world. And then I just—I had a passion for golf, so I went to college to play golf, and then, <laughs> okay. And then I turned professional for a few years, and how was that? I kind of burnt. I loved it, but I was, was way too young and too stupid to know what I had. Okay. Um, but I—I I left that world and got into tech by accident. Okay. And um, how, how? Out of curiosity. Um, well, I was looking for something to do other than golf, and my brother was in manufacturing in a tech company, and okay. said, "Hey, they're hiring salespeople." So I got into enterprise sales, and I found that I was. Pretty good at it. Okay, became the top guy in the company inside of a uh, uh, year and a half. But then I realized I wasn't a big company person, so I got um, recruited away to help co-found a startup, and okay. that was the beginning of my startup career. And I've been very lucky to always be a founder, co-founder on the on the sales and marketing side. What sure. I call the market developer, not the product developer. Sure. Okay. And I always have great product development partners uh, along the way. And um, I think the thing I'm probably most proud of is of the companies that I did exit. Uh, they all still exist in the market today, probably cool. because I'm no longer there. Um, but um, uh, I, uh, yeah, I have two teenage uh, kids. My college, my daughter's going off to college in a month. Very cool. Um, uh, married 18 years to a wonderful well, British congrats, woman. Man. That's huge. Um, and now I spend most of my time traveling and doing these kinds of things to try and get back at scale and sure. how to help companies uh, grow and be successful, especially tech startups in particular.
1: Sure. Yeah. So. What exactly is GrowthX and, and the Academy, and how are they similar and different? Yeah. Um, well, GrowthX is, is more of an ecosystem than,
0: say, a, a product or a service or a venture fund or a school or, or, or consulting or any of that stuff. We, we started as a group of serial entrepreneurs okay. turned um, investors, right. turned frustrated investors because our companies were <laughs> failing because they couldn't sell or market. They okay. It's not because their product and technology didn't work. It's never been easier or cheaper to get a product to market today in tech. Sure. Uh, but as a result, it's never been a noisier, more crowded space. Yeah. Therefore, more expensive and difficult to sell and, and create something sustainable. Sure. So we set to work on trying to solve that problem for ourselves. Okay. Uh, only to learn over time, uh, as we were solving it, that the data shows it. CB Insights says that 70 to 80% of funded companies, even in Silicon Valley, never get to another round of funding or never build anything that's sustainable or achieve break-even. And most of the reasons, eight of the top 10 reasons, have to do with the people and the markets, not the sure. products and the technology. Sure. So we've addressed that with our market acceleration program that we built as a way to help our companies find what we call product market fit, which is when you actually have more customers than you can handle. Yeah,
1: um, which is never terrible.
0: Never terrible, but a great reason to go raise more money yeah. and scale if you if you're a venture-capable business to begin with. And then through the course of that, Helping our companies grow, we realize that there's really a a lack of talented individuals that know how to take a company from zero to one. Sure. Well, because they've
1: never done it, right? In a lot of cases? Uh, Correct.
0: And and it's not always, do you need to have the experience? Because you only get the experience by doing it. Sure. But do you have the right attributes, characteristics?
1: And what are those attributes?
0: Well, the first thing is is you've got to have a growth mindset. So you've got to love learning. Okay. Like be a learn-it-all instead of a know-it-all. You've got to... to, You've got to embrace feedback, sure, as a gift, and use that to build something that people care about. You've got to be problem focused, not product focused. Sure. You've got to be able to embrace ambiguity, sure, and look at a whiteboard and say that with nothing on it, and say I can see the vision, and I yeah. recognize my reality today. Sure. Um, and I want to, I want to, um, you know, achieve that. Um, you have to be incredibly resilient. Yeah. Um, you have to have sound communication skills and be able to talk to the market as well as to the engineers and your team? Sure, which is very tricky. <laughs> I always like to say, you know, you have to be good at talking to humans and engineers. Yeah. <laughs> joke for you engineers out there. Um, so that you can build something yeah. that solves a real problem. Because nobody sure. cares about our products. They care about their problems and what they can solve. Sure. Them. And I'm particularly focused, we are, on business-to-business software as a service. Sure. Um, and so ultimately it comes down to identifying a, 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 a deep problem that you can solve with technology. Sure. Um, that really is what, is what matters most. And so you have to be well-versed in communicating cross-functionally with teams, and you have to lead and drive that learning. It's kind of like being a chief learning officer at the early stage Sure. in order to get there. And you have to love that. Like It has to call you. Um, and if it does, then we can teach uh, you how to operate a framework. That helps you get to the truth about where your product fits in the market. If it does it all, sure. how to create a functional learning organization of the people responsible for that, and how to um, determine whether or not profitability exists at scale okay. um, through the unit economics of it. And then if you can do those things, now you now you're, li- you're literally cooking with gas. You've got a reason to sure. go raise money, or you've got a way to sustain yourself. And and that's ultimately what it's about. So if you have those attributes, then you can learn the skills. Okay. Um, but it's more about having those attributes. To be really good at taking something
1: someplace new. Because that's sure. what it's really all yeah. about. But you named a lot of attributes there. Most people don't have all of those. Or at least they're, they're probably working on some no, of them. No, most they people don't. don't. Most people don't. So how do you work with them to fill in the gaps where they don't have those attributes?
0: Um, well, they need to be hiring. They need to be looking for those attributes okay. and who they hire okay. or partner with. Yes. Sure. That's, let's start with that. They haven't normally done that. don't think about it that way. Right. People get romanticized by the idea of a startup or they look at somebody who's been successful. They think it's an overnight success story. They have no idea the hell we put ourselves through.
1: Yeah. As entrepreneurs. Best and worst thing I've ever done. (laughs) Entrepreneur is just a
0: French word for crazy. Um, so, so you have to, you have to screen for that day one. Okay. Right. And you have to look for people that, that, uh, display those characteristics. Sure. If you do, You can work with those people all day long.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: If you don't, you're gonna be disappointed
1: most of the time. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, interesting. So I wanna dive a little bit deeper into GrowthX and what exactly the Academy is as well. Sure. And how they tie together. Yeah,
0: so sort of back to what we were just talking about. Once we became successful at helping the companies we invested in grow through our accelerator program, we realized that we couldn't scale ourselves so we had to step away and let those companies grow themselves which meant they had to hire people right. to work in those roles. And we found out that, that people weren't educated for this. Sure. And the university system and the school system in our country is completely whack. They don't train people for this. Sure. Um, so we went, all right, well, nobody else is doing it. We should do it. So we launched an academy. So it's a, a boot camp that trains people in entrepreneurial selling, our core market acceleration programming, growth marketing, marketing. Um, which, uh, and, and UX design thinking, okay. which are all the areas that help move the needle on the growth side of a business. Sure. They're the non-coding roles. Interesting. Um, and so you take those people, and most of them are adults okay. who already are accomplished, already educated, um, maybe coming from non-tech roles, sure. but don't want to be a, a coder or tech founder. Sure. So they might be coming from real estate or law or finance or consulting or uh, retail, who knows. But now we give them all the knowledge, skills, and behaviors necessary within the context of working in startups. So then what they do is they come in and they'll spend, depending on which kind of programming they take, they'll spend the majority of their time working on a real project with a real company. Yeah, which
1: is rare.
0: Yes, and then they'll learn from that what they like, what they don't like, if they want to do it. The startups in our portfolio get free help. Yeah. They get a portfolio of experience. We build a global network of mentors that want to hire these people or you leverage them for projects, yeah. um, and the community sort of takes care of itself, it becomes a virtuous cycle. So well, ultimately- and they have a
1: client, too.
0: Yes, and we get people who are vetting startups for us yeah. to tell us if this is a good deal or not, or that this founder's a jerk or, or, yeah, or not.
1: Fair enough. And,
0: and we get all of that. So now it becomes a, a virtuous ecosystem of investing in companies,
1: helping them grow, and then developing the talent to work in them. Interesting. So. How do you decide who gets to go into the academy? Can anybody sign up, or how does that work? There's a screening process. Okay.
0: Um, I mean, anybody can take the self-service online stuff. Okay. But I mean, if you really want to go to a, you know, to a campus-based one, wherever they might be, um, we're pretty intentional about the people we screen for. Okay. Um, you've got to share our value system, right? People, yeah. we're people first, transparent, very inclusive uh, group of humans. Sure. Um, who uh, with, with growth mindsets um that are are highly coachable and sure. display the characteristics that i laid out before because if you don't you're not going to have a good experience and, and it's like any culture you create you know you introduce some you introduce toxicity and it yeah.
1: spreads so yeah. we don't we don't want that well and that's a waste of everybody's time right exactly even, even the person coming yeah right? like if they're not going to work out yeah yeah absolutely and
0: and we're as as at least the core group of Teammates at GrowthX, we, we're kinda, we don't want to work with, with people we don't, that don't share a value system. Sure. Because uh, it's, I don't think it's any different than any relationship. Sure. Relationships don't survive in difficult times if you don't have shared values. No. And there's enough. no more difficult period in the world than being in a startup. Startups are an emotional roller coaster of madness. Yeah. And if you can't handle it, um, then, then it's not a place for you. No, fair enough.
1: And it's cool that you guys And that's okay
0: by the way. Yeah, no, fair, fair enough. enough. Yeah, yeah, fair. You know, people are built for certain things and have a certain fair. DNA most of who we are is wired into who we are. Entrepreneurship found me. I didn't find it. Like I I it, I just can't imagine ever working for somebody sure. ever
1: again because it's just insane. Because <laughs> I'm a horrible employee. Interesting. Yeah. But it's also <laughs> cool that you guys basically incubate these companies and then you test their product market fit with a client or, or a few clients, and then if they're making money, that client can either potentially acquire them. You could put in more money. Yes. Like you, basically building this whole like zero to exit. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, well, it was never, never that, the plan, like, right? It was never yeah, the plan. Sure. I think, like I think, like most successful
0: tech entrepreneurs, we we were trying to. St- to, under, to solve a problem that we deeply understood and, sure. and we're dealing with ourselves. Right. Okay. Like I always say, it's not the technology that wins. It's the insights that technology sure. brings. Because um, nobody, again, nobody cares about our products. They care about their problems, and whether or not you can solve them. If technology is a way to do that, that's fantastic. Sure. Um, so it's about understanding that use case and then solving for it. And that's what we did. We went out to solve our own problems as investors. Uh, and every time a new one came up, because really, every solution creates a whole new set of problems anyway. Sure, That's just yeah, the reality interesting. of it. I'm not trying to be cynical about it, but it's the reality of it. Yeah. right? That's what happens with uh, every new innovation. It creates yeah. a new set of challenges with the solution that comes with it. And so when we figured out how to solve the failure problem, we also now need to figure out the talent problem. Okay. And then we figured out from the talent problem that we could scale and help more people through the academy. Right? Sure. And through the studio and corporate innovation and now civic innovation work that we do to help governments around the world create their own Silicon Valley in a box, if you will, Right. taking the best parts of the Valley um, and and applying it in their world so that they don't lose their top talent to the Valley. Everybody thinks they have to come to the Valley to start their company and raise money. They don't have to anymore. They don't have to anymore. The world's getting flatter and flatter and flatter. So... No, I, I 100% a agree with you. Yeah, no, I agree with you.
1: But I'm curious, what types of stuff do you take out of the valley and, and give to other like, people in government or, or corporations to actually implement Yeah,
0: so this actually speaks to the pedagogy of the academy. There's really four pillars.
1: Mindset, mastery, career, and community. Okay.
0: So first is you've got to have a growth mindset. and You've got to have, you got, you, you, as I said, you need to be a at all. You need sure. to know that you can be coachable, okay. right? That at any age, time, and place, you can learn new things. Sure. Then based on that, mastery, understanding the building blocks of that, which is knowledge, competency, proficiency, and then ultimately mastery. We can give you knowledge and create a competent and potentially proficient human, but you can empower yourself to achieve proficiency and mastery over time with intentional and deliberate practice and repetition. The old Gladwell 10 years and 10,000 hours thing. It's true. It's a thing. You can do it at any time and place. The third is career. You need to be mindful of your own career path and focus and develop yourself that way. We call it person-company fit, just like we call it product-market fit. Interesting. Where's the right place for you as a person? There's only one of you. Sure. So build your own, um, we call it career funnel. And I do this talk on how to hack your career so you can get the jobs and the options that you want. Um, and, And it's all about identifying who you like, what you like, because it's about the people. Sure. Company's just a collection of people, and it's people that make us happy or sad. It's not the work. Sure. So identifying who you are and the kind of people you want to be around is the first part of that. And okay. understanding what your value is to that to potential company that you want to work on based on all this criteria. Okay. And then you can literally build a funnel just like you do in sales or marketing and reverse engineer it and fill that funnel with companies that meet your ideal company profile. And then you start to have conversations, not interviews. Um, right. And, and, and you start to build for your eulogy and not your resume. And then you go to the world with a story that says right? "That says this is who I am and this is the kind of work I want to do and here's why. Yeah. And when you have that story clearly crafted, the community comes together to help you achieve that. And that community is a global community sure. of investors and advisors and practitioners and teachers and students and alumni who all support you in getting what you want. Sure. And so
1: that's – well, there's your answer. No, it's interesting because I think – And you can tell me your opinion, but so many people think too small. It's like the world's your client for most startups nowadays. Sure, if you're building something that's specific to a geographical location, that's not going to apply. But like most software businesses could be used on anybody on the planet. That's right. Uh, uh, You
0: uh, certainly have to take into account a couple of key things there. Okay. Um, I would say there's about three or four things. I think the first thing is, yes... The whole world can be your oyster, but you've got to start with what's right in front of your face so that you can get to that oyster Okay. and focus on a really narrow initial customer profile that helps you learn okay. so that you can solve a problem deeply. Your bet is, and the, and the bet that the investors are making on you in age of applied technology is, is that there's a lot of people with the same problem.
1: And if right. you can solve it deeply okay.
0: for this one or two customers, um, then other people will want it too. Sure. And so start there. Yeah. Okay. And, and get really deep with the f- less customers, more time, solving deeper problems. So that's the first thing you do. Okay. The second thing is you have to consider the the way your customers buy, okay. and you have to align how you market and sell to them based on the way that they buy. So, for example, um, corporate executive board every year does this survey of major corporate buyers. Okay. In, in the enterprise world, their number one frustration is that Sellers don't sell to them the way that they like to buy, okay which shows that sure. they don't respect and understand their process and approach
1: sure. towards
0: buying things yeah okay. okay so they have to learn how to do that okay um, and it, in order to be successful and the third thing is there are cultural and language issues and localization issues that you have to consider sure. if you're uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a company founded in, in let's just say, Latin America. Sure. And your customers are all uh, Spanish-speaking today, and you want to bring that to the U.S.? Yeah. You need, you need a full immersion in the U.S. You can't just be a Latin American founder who comes over here and spends three months trying to get customers and go home and expect sure. to be successful. No. You need a hard landing here. Okay. And that means, and if you want to raise money, you need to reincorporate with a Delaware sea and structure yourself so that a venture capitalist will invest in you because it's all or nothing. Right. Sure. Um, And then there's cultural concerns. Sure. Like how does, how does, you know, the words that you use to describe what you do play in Korea versus the U S sure. Or how does, how, how does the, how does the Korean government or or Korean entrepreneurs, excuse me, uh, how do they come to the U S and try and sell? Because I see it all the time. There's, there's serious issues even with companies that are moderately to highly successful in other countries who want to come to the states They don't make the appropriate investment. They're not all in they don't sure. hire American talent In America to sell for the to, to market and sell and serve their customers here Okay, um, interesting. And, and so they need to be if they want to do it. You need to be serious about it
1: No, I think that's that's really good advice. I, I'm curious though there's always a talk about like how quick you should get kind of an MVP out to market. And I know that it's obviously different depending on what you're building. In my opinion, it should be probably as quick as possible. But is there kind of a rough time frame you should maybe spend on that? Or, or what are your thoughts around getting a, an MVP out?
0: My thoughts are before you get an MVP up, you have to clearly define the problem with a customer.
1: Okay, so and get a customer.
0: That, yeah, yes. Don't build anything until you've actually gotten a customer who's agreed
1: on what the problem is. And how you propose to solve So would them. you show them like a prototype or like just a You start with a conversation. Okay, no. so you don't even, before anything's designed or coded. No, yeah. Interesting. It's too much pro- product focus. Okay. No one gives a shit about our product. Okay. They care
0: about their problems. And so you have to clearly, deeply define and understand the problem with that customer first. And then agree together to jointly develop a solution. Sure. That's the fastest and cheapest way yeah. to get to revenue. Oh, I, I 100% agree, and then, it's interesting. And then that determines how long it's going to take to build an MVP and what
1: resources are required because you let your customer drive it for you. Sure. Well, and then you're not spending tons of money, right? No. And then pivoting. And,
0: and if you're smart, you're getting your customer to pay to build a product that you can sell to other people.
1: Yeah, that's really smart.
0: I wrote an article on this for SaaS called SaaS, why it should be called service as a software, not software as a service? Sure. Because the, our most successful SaaS founders have always started with service. Sure. And then they get their customers to pay to build their product by solving those problems. And then that automation over time becomes something that's repeatable and scalable for others.
1: I 100% agree, but we're kind of out of time. So let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself and
0: uh, GrowthX. Uh, growthx GrowthX.com or GXAcademy.com for GrowthX Academy. Perfect.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, Sean, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. And hopefully we can keep in touch. Thanks, Kevin. Have a good rest of your day. I enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Thank Thank you. you. Bye.